women, we share some of the same personal traits, such as empathy and strength. Women of reflection, all women are unified as warriors. We celebrate, embrace a sisterhood of strong, divine women. We are warriors. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to episode three. I'm your host, Chevy. And I just want to say welcome to anyone that's new. Thank you for everyone who's been listening. Thanks for subscribing and thanks for the love and support. Episode three discussion is titled, Don't Blame You. And this episode is just going to shed light on divorce and the impact that it has on children. But before we start, I would like to begin with our warrior prayer. So everyone close your eyes, bow your heads, or just listen. When we pray with faith, we express it through our sincere thanks to God. God knows our needs, limitation, and problem. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, I'm asking that this discussion today touch lives and hearts around the world. With divorce being something no one envisioned when meeting someone, it comes with a lot. Through this, many people are affected. I'm asking that you cover husbands, wives, and Lord, especially children. Lord, you are a father of love and peace and unity. And I'm asking for unity in each and every heart that's affected by divorce. Family lives in the heart no matter what. So together or separated, the unity of family should live on. I pray that this platform encourage all that we are strong and we can achieve all that we put our hearts and minds to. Amen. So it's episode three, guys. And this is an informative episode titled Blame on You. In today's episode, we're just going to discuss the impacts of divorce on children. It's relatable to me because my parents were divorced in 2001, and I would say the problems began in 1997. I mean, it was hard. By the time they divorced, I was 14, like in my adolescence age. And when you're going through that, you know, you have puberty, you have a lot of other things that's going on with your body and your emotional, you know, being. And then now I'm facing divorce. So I would like to just shed a light so that we have awareness and just knowledge on how it feels from a child's perspective. So let us begin. Where does it all start? I guess it starts with relationships. The difficulties of a divorce, it begins with the parents, you know, finding new adjustments to parent their children together, even stress. Some people have depression. Some parents share guilt and disappointment. Some play the blame game. Some say, you know, well, they don't want to hold accountability because it's not their fault. Some people deal with the heartache from it. Um, It has a lot of cause and it brings a lot of pain. It tears apart the people around you at times, your family, your friendships, but especially children. It's difficult for the parents to have all of that pressure and stress placed on them as they're trying to be strong and figure things out and not trying to show the vulnerability of their pain. They don't know that the children who are around them, they take in that and they pick up on that. 
I just, I don't know. I know that with divorce, everyone's just in a space of we got to keep it moving. We got to keep it going. But for children, they have a hard time with that transition. And it comes with a lot. So some of the effects of divorce with children are their routines. So you're used to the structure routine. You're used to waking up in a household, maybe with mom and dad. Maybe dad drops you to school, mom picks you up. Maybe dad is the one that does all. Like, we don't know. Everybody has their different ways of doing things. And now that structure routine is ripped from you, is taken from you. Some families are able to keep it going, but some people can't continue once they're separated. So that's difficult for a child. Some children um, have a natural reaction and understanding to how things are, so they can adapt with it. Some children struggle with transition due to uncomfortable feelings with change and lack of clarification as to why this is happening right now. What's the need of change or what's the need for this change? You know, children have an increase in emotional behaviors. They might have psychological problems from it. A lot of things begin to grow and you'll see new things. Some might be old behaviors, but it increased in a way. Um, it's hard. I know for myself as a child, I was always a happy, vibrant person. I felt the need to keep being that even though my insides were on fire. Like I was hurting. I had so much confusion inside and I felt the need to just show forth to my family that I was happy and I felt like I can hide it because my mom needs to see that. My dad needs to see that. And as I got older, I realized that they were doing the same thing to me. So I get it. Um, it was hard. Some children develop a loss of trust in the roles of their own, you know, who they are, whether it's masculine or, you know, feminine. It's hard now because it's just like, what's happening now that this changed? Am I changing? Like, you know, how do I be a woman without mom seeing her every day? Or how can I develop to be a great man without seeing dad every day? It's just a loss of like trust and like not really knowing who you are. Something I struggle with also. This can bring forth a lot of insecurities and lack of self-confidence, which is something that I didn't have. I didn't struggle with insecurities, but in some area growing up, I lacked a lot of confidence. I felt like even though I had like family around me after, I always felt alone. Irritable behaviors can be perceived wrong. Because people don't understand or they can't relate to your emotion. So I might have an attitude. And I mean, growing up, people used to tell me like, oh, you're disrespectful. Oh, you have no manners. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. And I used to just always get really angry because like I said, I just felt like no one understands. So irritable behavior can be perceived wrong because people don't understand. And you got to be careful with that. Some families develop negative parental skills, which causes parental stress. And having to see your parent go through that as a child can really cause harm because you spend most of your time trying to mentally figure out, how can I be of help? You know, how can I fix this for my mom? How can I fix this for my dad? And because of all of this, they begin to have like a wrongful example of marital commitment. You can also have 
a place of confusion onto what marriage really is because now you are presented with something that no longer exists. Also, a significant, significant strain on financial resources and like financial problems, which leads to children seeking their wants in the wrong place. My sister was a few years older than me. She worked and always made sure my little sister and I was okay. We felt the need not to add pressure for asking for things because we was afraid to place more stress on our parents and our family. And for me, I felt uncomfortable with asking even my sister or anyone because I didn't want to add more to anyone's plate with so much already going on. I started working at the age of 14, which was the same summer that my parents um, separated. And I didn't feel comfortable asking for things because even though they didn't present it as if it was a problem, I felt like I was on my own and I needed to not make things worse. So let me be that provider for myself. And, you know, I just didn't want to ask for anything. I felt like the change was so much that I just needed to fend for myself. I just kind of shut down and I didn't care to hear my mom even say I don't have it or hear my dad tell me that he didn't have it. I just was just like, you know, I'm going to get my own job. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that because I just felt like I couldn't really depend or really go to anyone. And I think that was just it was an internal fight within myself. and. Finding out, you know, at such a young age, in my adolescent age, I was going through a lot. Puberty made me feel like I'm grown. (laughs) And now I'm hit with this divorce. And now I'm young, I'm working, and just trying to understand like what was going on. I was born into this believing as a child that the best interests are served by two parents. And now it's just one. So, you know, children witness a lot and it's hard, especially when they're witnessing their parent fighting or verbal conflicts develop. That can cause emotional problems and it could be through aggression for children. It can be anxiety, confused feelings, uncomfortability, insecurity. Just it brings a lot for children. It even causes them to not even know what or who is right or wrong. It's really hard for children once they're exposed to that because it's like you're putting them in a match of now I just witnessed the verbal abuse. I witnessed the physical fighting, you know, and now I have to choose between who I love and in that match, who is the right parent? Who was wrong? And it's just, it's really difficult. And I want to just, you know, inform parents, be careful. Try not to bring that to your children because it's no joke. It comes with a lot and it puts way more pressure on them and divorce is already a lot. And I want to just say something. With every loss, there is a stage of grief. I repeat, (laughs) with every loss, There is a stage of grief. And in this moment, I just want to talk about the stages of grief that children and parents face through divorce. And with the stages of grief, there are no orders. There's no form. But it is something that is faced by all who are a part of this new change. And some of the stages of grief can be difficult for both parents and children. 
many parents, um, they go through the stage of grief with withdrawal. They withdraw themselves from friends and family. They may have low moods, not energy to do much, maybe just work and come home and be in like a quiet area or shelter themselves, you know, where they don't have to face and be around many people. They might become fatigued or irritable really easy. Like any little thing can, you know, set them to get upset or just really irritated. It's different. Um, It's a lot. And as parents, you're still forced to have that cape of strength and still go through the, the ups and the downs of hurt and the ups and the downs of being exhausted from it being placed on just you now. So we get it and we understand it. Um, but as for kids and children, the stage of grief can come in a sign of depression. Um, children, they sense a lot and they sense that, okay, my mom or my dad is not, they're not coming around for dinner. They're just making dinner and telling me to eat. They don't want to eat. They're going to sleep. They sense all of that. So for children, once they see that through you as a parent, their signs of grief and symptoms of grief may come different. And then it, it can include eating disorders, um, signs of depression, signs of social withdrawal, periods of extreme sadness where one minute they're happy and all of a sudden they're just crying or they're miserable or they're upset. It can come in anger. It comes in multiple stages, poor sleeping skills. Um, you can see even lack of grades changing in school, them not wanting to go out much, them not wanting to interact with others around them. And it's different. It's hard for younger children. For teenagers now, you can have like, uh, grief comes to anger, blaming myself and wondering you know, why this happened. You can even become upset with not one, but both parents feeling like they didn't fight enough to make it work or this just state of confusion as to why. And that can really develop anger towards both parents. Um, and for myself, that was me, you know, being a teen and just wondering why did my parents fight? Why didn't they keep the fight? Why didn't, if this is what life was supposed to be, why did they give in and throw the towel? Um, and for me, I just learned to utilize peer support. I found peace in my friendship and I was very happy with my friends because they knew and they understood that my parents were separated, but they never asked questions about it. We never had discussions about it. It was a great outlet for me to just change my energy. Um, it was a different setting, so it made it easy. And we sang music, we listened to songs, and I decided to utilize my feelings through writing. And the fact that I was able to write and express myself, it just allowed me to do it in a way where I wasn't hurting anyone and offended anyone with my true feelings. 
Um, it was a lot. And because I cared so much about how everyone else was feeling, I decided to find a quiet outlet for me. And I didn't want anyone to worry, so write and work. With all this being said, warriors, we have to find a way to change the cycle for positive healing for our children. And I was thinking about how that can be. I believe that it's very important for us to spend time with our children. We have to spend as much time as possible because they need to understand that they have your support. You have to explain that this is not the blame game. The child is in no way to be blamed for this change. You can't. You have to give that reassurance to your child. Let them know that no one is to blame. You know, this is just a change. You have to be strong. And as parents, never give up. Never give up. And I know it's extremely hard. You're dealing with your own emotions. You're dealing with your own feelings. And now you have to nurture and you have to cater to something that, you know, is just thrown at you. It can come in a form of happiness and sad in seconds, you know. So I know it's hard, but never give up. As parents, it's important to just keep that at the center. The fight of always being there for this cycle and stage of grief that your child's going through. Give support and motivation by encouraging them to find an outlet. Have them write about it because writing is a positive way to eliminate offending anyone. And that's the road that I took. You know, you're able to get it out clearly in a private way. Get a diary. Maybe you can type it in your notes on your phone. Maybe you can turn it into a poem just some way to express that through writing. Or you can do physical exercise, which is really, really cool. And I don't think anyone ever like really looks at this, but there are so much sports that you can put your children in that they'll like to do. And exercising helps relieve tension. So if a child's out and they're in swimming, which I think is great, and then you have um, volleyball, you have basketball, football, whatever exercise in sports that they can do, that helps relieve a lot of tension and feelings of anger in a positive way. And parents, I know that it's hard, but please continue to just show your child the willingness and ability of encouraging each parent. You have to make it easy for the child to feel that they don't have to choose. Children should not be the middleman. And I'm going to repeat that again. The child should not be the middleman between parents. You have to say that, you know, today's daddy's day and we'll, I'll see you tomorrow. Today is mommy's day, and I'll see you on the weekend. Make it easy and show the willingness and the ability so that it's not difficult on the child to feel like, well, I don't want to leave mom because then, you know, I feel like I'm choosing dad's side and I've been with mom for five days. Some parents can get 
a whole overload of time with you. Some parents only get four to five hours in visitation. Some parents may only get an hour on the weekend. But if you encourage and help and make it easy to say, listen, this is going to be your fun weekend with dad or this is going to be your fun weekend with mom, that will help. Change the perspective in the setting for the child to feel comfortable in accepting that. You know, mom supports me when I go with dad and dad supports me when I go with mom. And, you know, it makes it easy. Another thing is to just remember that what's best and what's the best interest for your child has to stay at the center. So with knowing that what's the best for my child is the center of all my decisions that I'm making, then no one's emotion should be in it. Remove all your feelings, remove all that you have out of that, and remember that I'm doing what's best for my child because the child's best interest should always be the number one thing that sits in your decisions and sits in your personality and how you handle things when it comes to this divorce and a, and the child being involved. You know, that's important. Also, just with spending time, it can be something simple as, okay, I know that you really don't want to be bothered with me. You're a teenager and you feel like, you know, I'm not cool, but I let you do after school with your friends. I'm asking for every Saturday morning we do Saturday morning breakfast or every Friday night we do Friday night movies. Find a way to implement that quality time where you can still give that one-on-one family time with the child. Even if they say they're too grown, they're not interested, find it. It can be something that you're clueless. Like, for instance, my son loves anime. Don't know nothing about it, but I'll watch it. My daughter loves TikTok. I don't know nothing about it, but I'll do it. You know, I try to implement that, the things that they love, just so that they're comfortable and just so that they're happy, just so that I can, you know, have that quality time with them and still give them that family dynamic um, feeling through that. So with this platform being a voice for change, I am asking that after you listen to this episode, we have a heart of compassion for husbands, for wives, and especially our children who suffer. Struggling with divorce is difficult, and we all get it. Struggling with change is hard, and some come with better, some come with worse. Let's not judge on how, but gain knowledge and understanding on how to support, how to show love, how to show understanding for children or anyone who's struggling from divorce. Thank you for listening to Episode 3 of Women of Reflection. Thank you.